Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. It is time now for our Eurowatch segment where we take a look at some headlines out of the European region. We're looking at quite a number surrounding the situation between Russia and the Ukraine. Talk about funds, committed funds and how they could be distributed or being urged to distribute it ASAP. And the Bank of England, what exactly are they trying to solve with England's economy and why are they struggling to solve those market concerns? Well, on the line to speak with me about this is Antonio Fantas, Professor of Economics at INSEAD. Good morning, Prof. How are you? Uh, good morning. Doing okay. All right. Let's talk Russia-Ukraine first. Earlier this week, the group of seven leaders pledged to help Ukraine for as long as it takes. They vowed to hold Russian President Vladimir Putin to account for raining down cruise missiles across Ukraine. That uh, incident killed at least 19 people. What kind of support are we looking at here, Prof? Is it really all about money or is there military support? I mean, I think the crucial one is military support. This is a war. It's not just a financial crisis or an economic crisis. And what Ukraine is looking for is the, the best possible weapons to, to fight or, or to sort of counteract the, the Russian uh, power. Mm. Uh, I think from an economic point of view, we need to remember that the Russian economy is tiny compared to the G7 economies. Mm. And just to do a quick comparison, Russia is sort of the size slightly larger than the size of Italy and Spain combined. Mm. Uh, so again, we're talking about not a very large economic power. Uh, the, the big issue here is weapons. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, since it's not a large economy, I am curious about every time they talk about putting out measures, and usually these come in the form of sanctions, right? Yet, as far as a month ago, there have been questions about the potential for Russian leadership to sort of bypass these sanctions by using cryptocurrency. How far can these sanctions, you know, honestly, nobody wins here. I mean, the sanctions can go very far. They're going far. They're affecting the Russian economy for sure. But of course, the Russian government still has enough revenues to keep fighting the war for a while. It's unclear how long. Uh, I think the sanctions have been slow because they affected sort of energy coming from Russia mm. to Europe. Mm. And it was very hard to go to zero immediately. But that's the direction in which we're going, which is not good for anyone. But that's where we are. And I think the possibility of putting a cap on the price of Russian oil could even further damage the Russian economy. Now, it's not going to disappear the Russian economy, partly because it can function on itself, but also because it still sells to other countries. So there's plenty of other countries that are still willing to buy Russian oil. So you, you, you don't expect the economy to collapse, but for sure they're suffering. And for mm. sure at some point the government is going to have a hard time financing the war unless they start taking all the resources of the private sector in Russia. But politically, that would be very damaging to the government. Okay. Professor, just two days ago, U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen called on partners and allies to make good swiftly on their existing commitments to support Ukraine and to join the United States in doing more as Russia continues what she said were barbaric attacks. I'm curious as to, you know, when they talk about committing funds, how are they distributed? How much of a time issue is it when it comes to distributing funds as far as this so-called war aid is concerned? I mean, I think that is always an issue. I'm sure Ukraine is also as an economy, obviously, has collapsed because of the war and, and they need the economic funds. But I think the reality what they're desperate for is the tactical weapons, okay. uh, the weapons that can really fight uh, what Russia is doing today, today, again, what the military intelligence says. Russia is using Iranian drones. So anything that could stop 
sort of the damage that those drones are doing today in cities in Ukraine. I think that's the way to win the war. Mm. Of course, funds are necessary, but I wouldn't be too worried about funds being dispersed too late. I think the real issue is, are they given access to the best weapons that are available? Mm. Then, I mean, if you consider, I mean, weapons still require a strong economic climate. Uh, the U.S. has committed a lot of funds and obviously an, an amount of that goes to supplying weapons. Uh, how sustainable is it when you look at the current economic climate to continue supporting on, you know, not just weapons, but all fronts? I mean, I think it's from an economic point of view, it's feasible. Uh, again, okay. if you look at other dimensions of the war, if you look at the type of cost that Europe is paying for energy these days, how this is affecting the European economies, European citizens, the government, I mean, those numbers are, are so much bigger than the economic aid that is going to Ukraine today. Mm. Uh, this is a war, it's a combination of a real war, but also an economic war. And, and we're talking about France going to Ukraine, that, as I said, is, is a minuscule amount compared to the economic damage that we've seen in, in some of these countries. Mm. Talking about the economy, so you would have probably heard about this yesterday. We've been talking about how Bank of England Governor Andrew Bailey told pension fund managers to finish rebalancing their positions by Friday. That's when the central bank in Britain is due to end its emergency support program for the country's fragile bond market. When you look at it at first glance, it's a lot of one step forward, two steps back. Back, pulling back U-turn, that's any word you could come up with. Why is the Bank of England struggling to address the UK market's concerns? I mean, I think because they didn't cause this trouble. Uh, this trouble comes from two places, the way pension funds are managing their investments, which is their decision, uh, and the way the government has announced a really bad fiscal policy, a really bad budgetary policy. Mm. So I think they feel if they try to rescue everyone, uh, I think they will lose their credibility uh, because it would feel that whenever it makes a mistake, the Bank of England has to come to the rescue. So I think they're trying to strike balance between avoiding a financial meltdown, which is their job, and being too nice to those who mm-hmm. have caused this trouble. Okay. And it's not an easy one. I'm not sure they're doing a great job. I think their communications, as you said, have been confusing. Uh, but, but they're in a very difficult position because they're not just rescuing sort yeah. of a normal economic crisis. They're dealing with these two other actors. So talking about communication, right, and it seems that the message that a lot of observers are putting out is that the reverse on, you know, tax cuts, that could still be the best bet. Prof, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I would go even farther. Uh, I, I think, I hope the current government of, of the UK steps down. I think that would be really the best solution because I think they love their credibility. Yeah. I'm not sure they can regain it by tweaking their budgetary process. I think politically they've also lost a lot of credibility. So it might be that the real solution here is to have someone else being a prime minister. I guess we are just swinging opinions here. What is then the best or the most basic uh, tactic that can be applied in order to sort of rescue the economy? The US is doing a thing like increasing interest rates while paying attention to the jobs and the inflation numbers, which seem to pose another issue altogether because it doesn't quite sync up. Could something similar help the United Kingdom? I mean, I think the UK was on the same track. They they were struggling with the same issues as the US or Europe or many other countries. They were raising interest rates. They were trying to fight inflation. It's just that when you lose credibility, Mm. you enter into a very different space. The UK is learning that credibility is something that you never own. You borrow it Mm -hmm. and then you can lose it in one day. This is a sentence from a finance minister in Mexico in the 1994 crisis. And I think that in that situation, how you regain credibility, you have to start fresh. 
it is very difficult to tell markets, I'm, I'm going to raise interest rates by half a point here and there, and therefore you should trust me. I think you need a new government at this point. That's how I would see it. All right. That's very well put. Thank you so much for taking the time this morning. I've been speaking with Antonio Fantas, Professor of Economics at NCAT. Prof, I appreciate your time again. You take care and have a great day. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.